A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. Welcome back to A Word for Today. We saw yesterday that in introducing chapter 3, Peter wants to remind us That is to say, not to recall something we've forgotten, but rather to treat as we should something we already know. He hasn't yet revealed what it is that he is going to remind us of, but we know it's something that is central to the Bible and the Gospel and is central to the message of the Bible. It's Tuesday, the 23rd of February, and I'm going to read from verse 4 to verse 7 of 2 Peter chapter 3. They... Now that first word is referring back to the scoffers or the mockers or the sneerers that Peter has warned his audience about. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God and that by means of these, The world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Well, you can't possibly have missed what it is that Peter wants to call to our remembrance. This is what the whole chapter is about. It is what is described in verse 4 as the promise of his coming. That's describing the return of Jesus Christ. Um, We refer to it in the modern age as uh, the second coming, often the second coming of Christ or the return of Christ. But in the New Testament, it's often just called the coming of Christ. But that's what it's referring to. And then it's repeated, isn't it, in verse 7, where it's referred to as the day of judgment. It is this great doctrine. It's confessed in every Christian creed. Um, Whenever you cite a creed, uh, if it's a proper one, um, it will, uh, that is to say, a genuine one coming out of a a proper, real uh, Christian tradition, uh, evangelical one, it will have reference to the day of judgment and the judgment of Jesus Christ at the end of time, which will immediately follow his return. And so that is the topic that is being looked at now. It is the return of Christ. And uh, he begins by warning us against the scoffers who are pictured in verse 4 as saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Well, you might say at least they begin in, uh, at least they believe in creation. Um, I'm not sure they do really, but uh, that's the language uh, they're using. And you see what they're saying. What they are arguing is that the promise of God to come, which is acknowledged as being a clear message in the Bible, it's all over both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the return of Jesus Christ in judgment, the great judgment that will divide everyone who has ever lived Everyone who has ever lived will face that judgment together. They will then be divided to two eternal, unchangeable destinies. And those that are not cast into hell will enter the new creation and be together with the Lord and each other for all eternity. It's the great division 
it's the most, it's the largest scale thing that will ever happen, the return of Jesus Christ and the day of judgment. It's referred to often as the day of the Lord. Now, what are these mockers really saying? They're saying in the words of verse 4, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. They are deliberately overlooking the second coming of Jesus Christ or the day of judgment on the basis of what is often referred to as the steady state. You know, the steady state is uh, like a virus that subconsciously infects Christians. It is the heritage of evolutionary uniformitarianism. Don't panic. What that means is uh, evolution that uh, is regarded as the action of chance um, events in the context of ongoing processes. And uh, those ongoing processes are seen as the background to everything. So the universe is seen as an existing reality, immune to any kind of radical change. And even something like a global pandemic is not going to change people's minds about that. It's the secular, rational philosophy that the universe is set on a steady, unchanging course of existence that nothing is going to deflect. And the evidence for it seems to be all around us. I mean, look, everything is so real. Imagine, for example, Noah building his ark, this huge boat, he and his uh, three sons, this boat in the middle of uh, nowhere, uh, nowhere near the sea, impossible to transport, and all the crowds have come to watch for a, a lovely sort of outing. Um, and they say, Noah, you know, what are you doing? And Noah says, I'm building a, a boat. And they say, but Noah, it, it doesn't even rain. This was when the earth was under a different hydrological system and there was no rain. The watering of the earth came from springs in the ground. There was a, a vast canopy vapor, so a canopy of water vapor surrounding the earth, giving it an even climate all over. And they would have said, Noah, you're crazy. How could a flood possibly come? And Noah would say, yes, a flood is coming. God has promised it will come. And everyone, all air-breathing life will perish unless you join me and my family in the ark. They would just laugh. They'd say, Noah, you are on a different planet. Just look around you. How out of touch with reality you are. Or, for example, imagine Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah after the two angels came and warned him that Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be destroyed. We're told that Lot spoke to his two sons-in-law who were betrothed to his daughters and said, look, you've got to leave. And they thought he was joking. They're saying, Lot, you, you cannot be serious. Far from heaven, give over. Just look around you, Lot. How could something like that possibly happen? You see, that's the way of secular rationalism. It gains a totally false security from the fact that the earth seems to be, in the words of verse 4, continuing as uh, it was since the beginning of creation. And um, it's just, it overlooks the fact that there was a flood in which all air-breathing life perished and Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by fire from heaven. So the Bible tells us that the earth is not in some kind of 
amorphous steady state that can be depended upon for all eternity. No, rather the universe was made by God out of nothing at one particular time, when time began. It is accountable to God. It is fixed by God on a divinely determined course that will end in a reckoning, in judgment, and in the execution of justice. That is what the Bible says. And if we want to pick and choose with the Bible, we are going to encounter supernatural things that are impossible to explain at every point. We'll come back to this tomorrow. Loving Heavenly Father, please would you give us courage as we face the um, onslaught of scoffers for believing the truths of your Bible. Please give us both wisdom and please give us that sense of love and respect for you and your word that makes us hold to the truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.